Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you have a Bible, if you turn to Genesis chapter 7, Genesis chapter 7, um, and we're continuing on with the story of Noah and his flood. Uh, we're continuing on in the story of Genesis. Um, we began with chapter 1 with God's creating the world, and chapter 2 with God creating man and woman in the garden in a paradise that should be uh, perfect harmony and perfect pleasure forever until chapter 3, whenever sin entered into the world, whenever Adam and Eve disobeyed God, he, they, they brought sin into the world and death through sin, and uh, so sin spread to all men. And we see in chapter 4, again, I'm, I'm kind of just laying out the narrative here as it goes, but in chapter 4, uh, what was a sin that had, had only consisted in eating of a fruit then in the very next chapter expanded to the sin of cold-blooded murder and then each generation after that and he died and he died and he died we see the spread of sin and its consequences how death was brought into the world how division is brought into the world how all the the negative things that we live with in our world uh, the rebellion and sin in our hearts and the the death and destruction in the world is all due to the spread of sin and it came to a point at the beginning of chapter 6 it tells us that the the that the the uh, the only thoughts of man's heart the only thoughts they had all day long continually were only evil all the time uh, that, that is that is the condition that it was during the time of Noah's, Noah's flood. It is the condition of our hearts today apart from Jesus and his work on the cross. Um, if we look out at the world today, and we see rioting and looting, and we see, uh, I saw a news report just today of, of uh, I think it was 54 Christians were killed in Burkina Faso in, in Africa. Um, so you've got Islamic terror, you've got all kinds of things all over the world. You have, have people who died of cancer in our community today. We have people who, who are suffering pain that we know of, of cancer and other diseases today. And all of that is a result of sin entering the world. We live in a broken world, and all you have to do is look on Twitter to see that our world is broken, broken, broken. But God didn't leave us that way. He will one day come, and He will set all things right. We, we look and we see injustice. We see a, a, a man who, who was pinned to the ground for nine minutes and suffocated to death on television for everybody to see in the whole world. And that's, that's an evidence of a broken world, a broken and sinful world. But there is a Redeemer. There is an answer. Jesus Christ from the very beginning was promised in Genesis chapter 3 that one day someone would come and crush Satan's skull. And, and we see throughout the Old Testament this promise being un, unveiled uh, of, of 
getting clearer and clearer, coming up to the time when Jesus came at the beginning of Matthew. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. And He died upon a cross for our sins. This, this testimony we read in, in Genesis chapter 7 points us forward to the salvation we have in Christ. Uh, we, we looked last week at how, how Moses was told to build an ark and I said, the ark is pointing us forward to Jesus Christ. There is a judgment that is coming, and that ark is pointing us forward. There is one way to salvation. There was one way for Noah's family to be saved, and that was through getting in the ark, building the ark, obeying God's commands, believing what God had said, and getting in the ark. And today for us, there is still a judgment coming. There is one day a judgment coming when God will no longer put up with the injustices that are in our world. He will no longer put up... You know, people ask, if God is good, then why do we still have evil in the world? It's timing. It all comes down to timing. What, what, is, what, is, what Amanda said in, in, in uh, what, what she read from, First Peter, from Second Peter, the Lord is not slow as some count slowness. But he's long-suffering toward us. He's patient toward us, not willing that any should perish, but have ever, but but that all should come to repentance. With the Lord, a day is as a thousand years, is what what it says. Our, our time is not like God's time. He is he is giving us time. He is he is waiting, and 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 just like as as the time that Noah lived in, as he built that ark, as he proclaimed to people that were there, hey, God is going to send a flood. God is going to send a flood. As he told his wife and his family, as they thought he was crazy, as, as he continued to you know, spend his paycheck on, uh, on uh, lumber and things like that. Uh, you know, probably not a paycheck. You know what I mean. He spent his resources. I mean, to be able to build an ark of that size, he had to probably put everything he had into it. People thought he was crazy, and people think believers are crazy today. We're look, you're looking for some guy to come out of the sky? <laughs> right? Uh, Acts chapter 2 tells us, well, Acts chapter 1 tells us, Jesus is coming again the same way he left. He left uh, 50 days after uh, the, the resurrection. He, he ascended into heaven, and the angels told the disciples that were standing around, in the same way he left, he's coming again. And we wait, and we wait, and scoffers scoff. People who don't believe the message of God's Word scoff. And, and, and people in political positions try to find naturalistic means to try to build a paradise on earth, but none of that will work. None of our efforts in human politics will ever bring about righteousness and justice. None of our efforts at any of that will ever bring about the, the kind of perfect paradise that we were intended for in the garden. It is only the work of Jesus Christ. It is only whenever He returns again. So back to Genesis. Noah built an ark. We saw that last week. And the very last verse of last week's text said, Noah did all this and he did all that God commanded of him. Emphasizing the, the, belief, the, the, um, the obedience that Noah had. Now we're going to read from chapter 7. And listen, there'll be, there'll be a, a repetition of the same idea about how Noah obeyed. Verse, chap, verse 7, chapter 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your household, for 
I have seen that you are right, a righteous man, or that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of of all clean animals, the male and its mate, and a pair of animals that are are not clean, the male and its mate, and seven pairs of birds and the heavens, birds of the heavens also, a male and its female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of the earth. For in seven days I will send rain upon the earth. Forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood waters came upon the earth. And Noah and his sons and his and the wives of it and his wives (laughs) I'm sorry. Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him went to the went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood of the clean animals and of animals that are not clean and of birds and of everything that creeps upon the ground. Two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the deep burst forth and they and the windows of heaven were opened and rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights on the very same day noah and his sons shem ham and japheth and noah's wife and three wives and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark they they and every beast according to its kind and all the livestock according to their kind and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, every winged creature. And they went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. The flood continued forty days on earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed, and it increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed so mightily upon the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them fifteen cubits deep, and all flesh died that moved on the earth. Birds, livestock, beasts, and all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind." Everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life died. He blotted out every creature that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed up on the earth 150 days. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help me as um, we look into your word. I pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see uh, the glorious riches on the pages of your word. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So the time came. 
The time came for God to bring judgment. The time came for God to bring this flood upon the earth. He had promised Noah that it was coming. He had he had resolved in his uh, mind. Of course, that's kind of speaking and as an analogy because uh, God is is so much different than we are. We we have, but he had determined in his heart that God he would he would destroy the earth. And he tells Noah at this time that it's time for the flood to come. He says, go into the ark. He gives them these two commands. He says, go into the ark, you and all your household. And he says, take with you seven pairs of clean animals. And on and on. Those were the two commands that he gave. He, he said, go into the ark. And he said, take with you all the animals. Uh, one thing that the animals teach us is that God has concern for the animals. We had a dog here with us just a minute ago. <laughs> and God cares even about the animals. Um, what a world it would be like if God only saved people out of the flood. He's saying amen? Yes! <laughs> if God only saved people out of the flood, if, if there was just people and all we had was plants to eat and there was no bacon... You know, but no, God had concern for even the animals, and and he he took took care for them. He, he took care for them to be preserved out of it. He it, it, it keeps repeating these different categories of animals over and over again. The creeping things that creep upon the ground, bugs, insects. He 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 he, he yes. <laughs> He has concern for all the different kinds of, of animals. He has concern for the wild animals. He has concern for the beasts of the field. He has concern for, for the, the, the cattle, the clean animals, those things that were for sacrifices and those things that were for food. He had concern for the birds of the heaven. He had concern for His creation. But the overwhelming thing we see here in this text, though, was that God was so angered by sin that he decides, like an artist who is who's creating a sculpture out of clay, who when he reaches the end of developing this great, beautiful sculpture, smashes it down again. It's, that's kind of like what God has done. He's like an artist who's formed this beautiful creation, and the creation has, has gone on its own. It has not followed according to the design that the Creator has made, and He decides it's time to wipe it all out. And He dismantles all of His creation. He unmakes all of His creation. But why? Why didn't, if it was so bad, if it was so evil and wicked, and if sin was still in the world, why didn't He just destroy it all, send a giant asteroid, and make the earth just disintegrate into a million trillion particles, and just create a new whole earth all over again? There's a couple of reasons why that I can think of. One, I think... Because God takes pleasure and delight in being gracious. He takes pleasure and delight out of redeeming something that is broken. Uh, he, it is delightful for Him to take what is, is broken like you and me. We are broken and He delights in taking us broken people, scooping us up, washing us off, and making us new. 
And that's what He does here with the flood. He takes this broken creature, this broken creation, and He smashes it, but then He makes something new. The other reason I think uh, that... that uh, I think that the Bible supports of, of a reason why He didn't just start all over again is because He had given that promise in Genesis 3. He had given a promise to Adam and Eve of that one day there would be a seed of the woman who would come and crush the serpent's head. And, and God, because of His covenant love, because of His faithfulness to His own Word and His own promise... He was, was faithful to that covenant that He'd made with Adam and Eve. To that promise that He'd made with Adam and Eve that He would send a Savior. If He had just demolished everything at that time, completely started over again, there would be no need for a man named Jesus to be born. Two thousand, you know, many thousand years, years later, there would be no need for Him to come and for God Himself to take on flesh. I'm kind of getting away from the text. Well, I'm sorry, let me get back to it. So, He's recreating, He's destroying His creation. That's what He is doing. He's destroying His creation. He's like an artist who's made this beautiful thing and He, he destroys it only to remake it again. So God gave Noah these instructions. He told him to build an ark first. He told him to, to go into the ark that we saw. And He told him to take these animals with Him. And it says, Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. We see again there's an obedience on Noah's part. He did all that the Lord commanded him. It's almost like a repetition of verse 22 from the last chapter. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. We see in verse 5 here, and Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Noah was 600 years old. Why does it t go on telling us these details about, well, Noah was this old and it happened on this day of the month? It, it literally tells us it happened on the, the, the second month or the 17th day of the month. Why does it tell us that? I think one of the reasons why it tells us it goes into that kind of detail and telling us how the very day of the month that it was is it's reminding us that this happened in space and time this happened this is a real history it's not just some uh, um myth like you see in all the ancient near east uh why else would he give these details about about it, it, it being this you know the second month the 17th day of the month no but it's to point out that this happened in real time and real space and real history What God had promised, what God had warned Noah about, happened. Verse 12 says, And the rain fell upon the earth forty days and forty nights. We see also in verse 11, On that day all the fountains of the deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were open. Rain fell upon the earth, and it beat against the earth. Just imagine the amount of water that must have been. We, we can't imagine it. It was coming from below, and it was coming from above, the text tells us. It says, 
The fountains of the great deep burst forth. So it has this idea of the waters just coming up from under the ground. And then it, the rain that was also coming down. Water was coming from every which direction. We can't imagine the kind of water. And, and uh, it, it, it came so much, it tells us that the, that the mountains, all the mountains under the heaven were covered by um, 15 cubits or 20 feet. Now, we don't know. I mean, there's been development, and, 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 and I, I know that due to plate tectonics and things like that, the mountains have grown over the years. We don't know how tall the mountains were at that time, but it was enough to cover the whole earth. Um, some have tried to say that this was some kind of a, a, just a, a localized flood. But that's not the picture that we get here from the text. The picture from the text tells us, the waters prevailed, verse 18, the waters prevailed and increased greatly upon the earth. The, the, the ark floated upon the face of the waters and the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that the high mountains under the whole heavens were covered. It's not just mountains, which the word mountain can mean hill. It's not just mountains, it's the high mountains. And it says all of the high mountains, every single mountain was covered under the whole heaven. The waters prevailed upon the mountains, covering them up fifteen cubits deep. And all flesh that moved upon the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind, everything on dry land whose nostrils the breath of, was the breath of life, died. A tragic. God here was unmaking His creation. He was destroying everything that was there. We can't imagine the magnitude of the water that He sent. Everything was dead. Everything that breathed was dead. From insects to livestock to wild animals to birds. Everything was dead. Anything that breathed was dead. But we come to the end of verse 23 and it tells us only Noah was left. It was a new beginning. Everything was destroyed and we have only Noah that was left and those who were with him in the ark. And we can see this, this picture of, of the whole population of the earth, all there, eight people. We have Noah, his wife, his three sons, and his three daughters-in-law. Eight people and two of every animal, seven of the clean animals, seven of the birds. I think... Uh, the reason for the seven probably would have been because of sacrificial th reasons and for, for eating, but also uh, just because God wanted those things to reproduce. He found grace, Noah found grace in God's eyes, like we saw in chapter 6, as death, destruction came upon the whole earth. Now let's think about what has happened in chapter 7. 
God, like an artist who has designed the whole world perfectly, his, his creation rebelled against him, and he decides he's going to destroy everything, but he's going to save Noah and his family. And in so doing, he, he saved all of us. The logic of the Bible is that we all come from Noah. And, and, and this is relevant to us today. You know, when we, when we look out and there's so much division when it comes to race, when it comes to all, all the, the factors there, the, 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 the things that are tearing our country and our world apart right now. And we remember we're all one blood. We all come from, from one human family. And, and and we see the, the the destruction that's going on in the world and the and the what I think is a loss of rationality. We don't we no longer know anything that's true. We 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 can't we can't identify anything that's true anymore. I I uh, I, I don't know when the last days. I mean, I believe we're in the last days because I believe the last days have been ever since Jesus came the first time. I don't know when he's coming again. Nobody knows when he's coming again. And the Bible tells us uh, that no one knows except for the Father himself. We do know he's coming. And uh, as first as Second Peter says that Amanda read, he's not slow. This judgment is certain. The the Second Peter, you know, we we we're told in in Genesis and the later chapter that that. God put his rainbow in the sky to, to remind us he's never going he promised he's never going to send a flood upon the earth to destroy the earth the way he did before. But second Peter tells us he, now it's reserved in judgment of fire. And one day he's going to come and he's going to wipe things out like he did whenever he wiped out in the flood. The flood points us to a future judgment that's to come. The flood points us to a future judgment to come that whenever Jesus returns, He will put all of His enemies under His feet. He will not put up with sin any longer. He will not put up with the sin in me. He will not put up with the sin in any of us. He will not put up with the injustice that is around the world. He will not put up any longer with pain and sickness and death any longer. But He will put all things right The judgment is coming, and there will one day be a time when it will be too late. As we are here with our mission to preach the gospel, that, that Jesus is the only way to salvation, that trusting in Him is a way to free salvation, we, we, we don't have to be good enough, we don't have to be smart enough, we don't, have to, we don't have to do any kind of work, but instead we just trust that Jesus paid for our sins. We look to Him. The time is now. To look to Him. The time is now while He still gives us breath. We don't know if we have tomorrow. We don't know if we have next week. But judgment is coming. Each one of us will die unless we live to when Jesus comes again. And after that, we face the judgment. The flood flood shows us that when God promises judgment, He does what He promises. He does what He's told us He would do. Judgment is coming. We must be ready and we must proclaim the message of Jesus and His 
free gift of salvation that he gives to all who will, as the analogy goes, grab onto the lifeboat. Grab onto the, the rope that's held over. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.